This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox. Coming up in just a few moments, doctors Ron Zokel and Faraj Eder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers will join us with lots more from the innovative world of dentistry, and we'll take your calls too. But first, here are some more of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Amid some fanfare, the BC government announced this week they'll introduce legislation to enable ride-sharing companies like Uber and Lyft to operate in Vancouver, the only major city in in North America, not to already have these services. Now, you should know the government has absolutely no intention of having ride-sharing for at least another year. Now, they say it's just awfully darn difficult to make all the insurance arrangements. And, well, you know, everything's just really complicated. The foot-dragging continues mostly because the current minority government has very little assurance of a regular term in office and may need to go to the polls. If that happens, the last thing the NDP wants is an upset and highly organized taxi lobby fighting against them and, just as importantly, not donating to their war chest. Well, they stalled over the uh, with the elaborate review of the taxi industry. That's almost done. So next we can expect a battle over the remo- removal rather, of municipal boundaries, something that causes ride refusals every night in Vancouver as taxi drivers don't want to stray too far away from the lucrative downtown core. So if you're going home to Port Moody, no, I'm not going to take you. Oh, that's handy, isn't it? Huh? And then there will be a fight over fair flexibility, as is already the case in most other cities. The busier the time of day, the more money they get to charge. That's essentially it. All the excuses in the world can't hide the fact that this government and the previous one, too, are completely beholden to the tax lobby, taxi lobby for votes and cash, and they simply aren't interested in jeopardizing any of that to provide a necessary service to the likes of you and me. So... We wait. And while we're talking about the holiday season, which is coming up fast and causing a lot of people anxiety about, well, how am I going to get home when I've gone to the staff party downtown, etc.? Well, Grouse Mountain has uh, opened up. Their, uh, they're opening the skating rink as of yesterday, by the way, and we're all set for the peak of Christmas, which starts up on top of Grouse next Friday, the 23rd. This is something many of us look forward to annually. It just gets bigger and better every year. Those of us with children know it's just a magical place to take them. There's the mountaintop skating rink, which I mentioned is already open. Uh, The light walk, the sliding zone, the gingerbread village, Santa's workshop, the list does go on and on. It'll be open from next Friday right through January 6th. The cost will be the price of your mountain experience lift ticket. And of course, as I said, the skating rink is open already. Here's one for you from Europe. Biohacks, a Swedish company that provides human chip implants, says it's in talks with several British legal and financial companies to implant tiny microchips into the hands of their employees. Why? Cost and efficiency, say the firms. Each chip costs about 250 bucks, and that's a one-time cost compared to the constant updating of clearances and credentials. So if you have hundreds, if not thousands of employees requiring security updates, then that's a cost that could be eliminated with the installation of a one-time microchip. 
So what do the potential implantees think about all of this? <laughs> well, let's just say not everybody's on side. Still, the, some of these big companies with sensitive operations say that even if they can get 15% of their employees to get on board, well, then that would represent significant savings. I find this kind of disconcerting. I'm okay with my dog having a chip. She does. And my credit card having a chip. But I'm not so sure I would ever agree to having one installed in myself. No, thanks. Still, technology market marches on, and this new level will find its way into workplaces in the years ahead, so don't let it surprise you when it comes to yours. More than a million natural gas customers across B.C. are again being asked to conserve energy thanks to that ruptured pipeline near Prince George. Fortis, B.C. says even though it's been repaired, the Enbridge-owned line is still only operating at about 55% capacity. The gas company knows people have been making sacrifices to conserve gas, adding they're targeting to get it to at least 80% by December 1st. But they haven't seen any firm indications they're going to get that done. It's been a little over a month since the rupture now, so these continuous requests for conservation are probably starting to wear on people, but Fortis is still looking at 80% at best through the winter right now, so they're going to keep bugging us to conserve at all levels, businesses, homes, institutions, and it all makes a difference. So far, the weather's been fairly warm since the rupture on October 9th, but with temperatures dropping, if you notice the clear skies, mm-hmm, that uh, also indicates colder evenings, uh, with temperatures dropping, furnaces across the provinces are firing up more frequently. One easy way to comply? Turn the furnace down before you leave the house for work. It'll only take a few minutes to warm the place back up when you come back home. And in an ongoing attempt to compete in the tough fast food market, Tim Hortons has introduced Kids Meals, the Timmy's mini menu for younger customers. We'll see kids get to build their own three-piece feast and choose from one of three mains, four sides, and five drinks. Features on this menu include the mini melt grilled cheese sandwich, the mini wrap with seasoned chicken and chicken strips. Size, sides rather range from cheese strings to uh, mini potato wedges, which come in the pack that cost about five bucks, along with the new menu items, Tim Hortons has also pledged that 10 cents from every Timmy's mini pack will go towards the Tim Hatton Horton Children's Foundation. The new kids menu joins the new Belgian waffle breakfast sandwich as Timmy's tries to keep up with the pack. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll check out even more later in the hour. But coming right up, doctors Ron Zokel and Faraj Eder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers will join us here in studio to take your calls and pass along lots of good information on how to get your smile back. This is Vancouver Consumer. We're back right after this on CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer this lovely Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. Joining me in studio, Drs. Ron Zokel and Faraj Eder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers uh, in Vancouver and Port Coquitlam. Gentlemen, good to see you again. And you good afternoon, Sterling. Faraj Eder and uh, Ron Zokel. Uh, last time, Dr. Eder, when you were here, uh, we had a very interesting conversation. This was just starting right, get, just cut right to the chase here. <laughs> we had a great conversation about options because you, uh, tell us, first of all, you're, you're a periodontist, correct? Prosthodontist. Prosthodontist. Yeah. Uh, what is that? And, and, and what's different from prosthodontist and periodontist? I'm a prosthodontist, and what that means is I specialize in the field of dentistry that has to do with preserving the teeth that we have in terms of their health and function and also restoring any missing teeth to give people back their smile, 
function, and aesthetics. Okay. A periodontist focuses on the periodontal structures around the teeth, which are the gums and the bone, maintaining the health of that, and also into the field of implantology for um, replacing missing teeth. And so, Okay, sorry. At, at BC Perio, we've got prosthodontists, we've got periodontists, we've got experts in implants, and it's a synergistic team where we can all work together for these sorts of complex cases. But you describe one of your, well, not certainly one of the most frequent things you do, but one thing you do on a, on a very regular basis is sit down with patients before anything begins in that initial consultation and you talk about options. A lot of people come to BC Perio going, well, it's going to be A or B. It's going to be implants or dentures. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the case at all, is it? No, well, if you think about it, just like with anything else, success depends on proper planning, right? And that applies to a whole di- to a whole bunch of different things. And that specifically applies to restoring smiles and restoring oral health. And a part of what I do and what we spend a lot of time on at BC Perio during our consultation appointments is going over all these different options with our patients sure. just to make sure that everyone's aware as to what is possible. And based on that, they're able to make the best informed decision as to how they want to move forward. And you're 100% correct when you say there's a variety of different options. There's a variety of combinations that can be used depending on each person's situation in order to provide them with the most ideal results according to what their needs and expectations are. Mm-hmm. Dr. Ron Zokol, you've been at this for quite a while and, and uh, therefore have a, a, a great overview of the clientele that uh, comes to BC Perio, whether it's the Coquitlam uh, offices there on Johnson Street or on West Broadway in Vancouver. Um, it, to describe, describe a typical customer coming in, there, there's got to be two types. One, the person who really needs a lot of work. And then the other person who probably lost a tooth doing something athletic or silly or both. (laughs) (laughs) And the age range for that silly or both situation is all people and young children every now and then you'll find, although we don't treat young children very often. And the reason is is that they aren't good candidates for implants until they've completed their growth, their bone growth. Of course, yeah. And such. So we, we tend to temporize people like that with with some type of a uh, a restoration, a removable restoration until they got to the point where we can treat them more comprehensively okay. with a better expectation of long-term stability. So, but our age groups probably focus more in the middle to late ages. So we see a lot of people over 50. We, we'll see people well into their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and occasionally 90s who are looking to recapture what they've been missing for a good many years. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all about getting your smile back. And, you know, uh, it's, it, it's such a huge part of who we are. And if you're at a point in your life where it's not something you want to do in public because you have dental issues, so you cover your mouth with your hand or you, you, you uh, do like the hockey players. It's funny watching the hockey players in the, in the dressing room before they get their teeth back in and there's these huge gaps and, and they literally cover their lips with, over the, uh, the, the space because they still got their uniform on. And, they, <laughs> so, so, I mean, if, and it's funny if you're a hockey player because you can obviously afford whether, whatever dental rem- 
remedies are available to you. But it's not so funny if this is life, if this is a deterioration that has caused you to sort of withdraw to the point where you don't interact and you certainly don't smile in public much. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's three key words, in my opinion, and that's quality of life. Quality of life is what I would say overrides everything that we do in, in, at BC Perio and when it comes to these sorts of reconstructions and, and rehabilitations. It's because it's never treating just a tooth or a set of teeth. It's, it's treating an overall individual. And it's exactly what you're saying, Sterling. A lot of times our patients will relearn how to smile. Sure. Just because they've been hiding their smile, whether voluntarily or or without even knowing for many, many years. And then as soon as that's gone, you see them smile in a way that they, they've never shown us at least and probably have forgot to do for, for the past many years. Right. And a lot of times we're telling them, you no longer have to cover your hands over your, your mouth, just like you were saying. Right. And you can just show that smile off. And that's quite amazing to see. Dr. Ron, are economics a factor in determining what remedy, which route to go in terms of should it be dentures, should it be implants, perhaps a combination of the two? Talk to us a little bit about that. It is rarely not a factor, Sterling. The, the problem we have, the biggest deterrent we have to comprehensive or optimal care is usually financial. And sometimes there's ways around that. Uh, but as Dr. Edhers already pointed out, there are also treatment options which allow a person to move towards that healthy level of stability, mm-hmm. perhaps not with all the same ideal and optimal results, but perhaps allowing a person to remain stable for a number of years. And when they get to a position where they're able to afford the more comprehensive and complete treatment, they can progress onto that as well. But finances are always a factor. It's rare to see them not. And, and to what extent, uh, I'll stick with you, Dr. Ron, what extent uh, are the services covered by employer-type dental plans or even those add-ons like Blue Cross and so on? Gosh, yeah. Unfortunately, the really expensive stuff is not covered as a rule by most dental insurance programs. Why? Well, that's a very good question. Somebody will often ask, why, why doesn't our dental coverage cover it? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that the, the dental plans that are out there right now rarely make a dollar. They're almost lost leaders for other oh. insurance programs. Now, if you add dental implants into the MAC, you'll bankrupt that system. It, there's just a, not enough resources in that system. The premiums would have to go through the roof in order to allow that type of service to be available through a dental plan. Does that apply to dentures as well then? Not so much. Dentures are actually uh, simple, a lot, lot less expensive than going and to some of the, Is there some coverage afforded to dentures in, in some cases? I believe there is. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think Dr. Edher probably knows more. He does more dentures than I do per se, but uh, it's my understanding that basic dentures, some of basic dentures are covered for sure, whereas you put an implant in or you do a bone graft or something along that line, then you're not likely to get a benefit. The only significant benefit that comes is for people who are paying taxes that they are able to write off expensive dentistry on the medical aspect of their tax return. Ah, okay. Uh, I I talked when we were talking about options, Dr. Ritter, about uh, the fact that it's not uh, black or white. It's not just dentures or just implants. In some cases, do people end up with combinations of the two? Yeah, and it, it depends on what we're dealing with. But if we're dealing with a 
either a full arch, so either a full upper or full lower reconstruction or both. Um, that's where the options pretty much lie with either removable conventional dentures or implants utilized to either retain those dentures, so dentures that clip on and off of those implants, or implants that are used to actually support and hold the denture in place as a fixed solution. And that's where we get into the options like all on four, teeth in one day, where we have where we utilize sometimes more implants, utilize them in different positions, and then have the teeth fixed onto there and, and, and are not removable. So Look, there's definitely a combination between dentures and implants and utilizing both. You, you brought it up before I did, so let, let's follow this all on four or teeth in one day, and I understand that's essentially the same thing, two ways of describing the same procedure, Dr. Ron, or am I wrong? Almost. I won't call you wrong, okay. Sterling. All right. Yeah, explain <laughs> the one difference. incorporates the other. Okay. See, teeth in one day is a shortened version of what we call all on four. All on four is a concept. It's a concept of implants that are placed in, and it could be four, five, or six implants. The concept is called all on four. But whatever the number is, is that we'll put a number of implants in and then we'll put a fixed set of teeth on those implants. Now, if we happen to do that all in the same day, it's called teeth in a day. Okay, okay. How long does it take? How many visits, if you're going to go through this, this dazzling thing where you get actually teeth in one day, which is a concept which I find still remarkable, how, how many prep visits do you have to have so you can walk in one day and get that all done? One. Really? One, you, you, you come in the first day, we take the records, we have a chat, we go for it, and you could have a lot of disease, a lot of rotten teeth, the whole nine yards. Right. And we'll come in, we'll take out all the bad teeth, all the disease, reshape the bone as necessary, put the implants in, and give you teeth all in that very same day. Wow. You walk out from something that looks like it's a, it's a terrible, terrible dental situation to something that actually is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, in terms of... Uh, going to BC Perio, Dr. Edder, you are specialists. Do I need a referral from my family dentist to go pay you fellows a visit, or can I just call up and say I want to come by? You can definitely call up and, 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 and come see us directly. Uh, we do work with a lot of uh, the dentists in the community, so we're open to we're open to both options. Okay. Yeah. So and and so it, it's you, you, so it's you, not a requirement. It's not a requirement, no. but uh, it's not a bad thing either. If the dentist, your dentist, back home uh, or back in the burbs, knows that you're heading downtown to to, uh, to BC Perio, because yeah. again, you work. These are colleagues. They're not enemies, right? That's correct. Okay. So uh, a BC Perio, by the way, friends, is the uh, website address, the online. You find them at bcperio.ca. Remember that, bcperio, P-E-R-I-O dot C-A. If you go to bcperio.com, you're in a dentist's office in Dallas run by a couple of guys named Bubba and Chuck. This is bcperio.ca with doctors Ron Zokel and Faraj Eder in studio. And we'll be back with lots more and take some calls after the news. Welcome back to the program this beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. In studio with me, Drs. Ron Zokel and Faraj Eder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers at 1175 Johnson Street in Coquitlam and at 777 West Broadway in Vancouver. Dr. Eder, you work at both shops. You go back and forth from Vancouver to Coquitlam on a weekly basis. And Dr. Ron, you hang out in the Vancouver office and that's that. That's my place. (laughs) (laughs) So why are you working back and forth between the two offices Again, because of your specialty and, and, and the fact that people want to talk to you about the options that we've been uh, talking about already? 
Yeah, we, we definitely try to provide these services in both of the locations where we're at. So I'm usually in Coquitlam one day a week, and then I'm in Vancouver um, the remaining days that I am working. One of the things I said at the top of the hour was we're going to talk about lots more from the innovative world of dentistry. And it's always fun talking to you two about that because, you know... Uh, it's the it, dentistry to most people is not an exciting topic. In fact, dentistry is something a lot of us would rather not talk about. Most of us are afraid of dentists, as you both know all too well. But nonetheless, in the world of dentistry, an, an amazing amount of change is going on. The technology, the uh, let's talk about lasers as, as a good example. Everybody knows what lasers are. Uh, how, how did lasers factor, Dr. Ron, into the dental practice these days. Wow. We could spend an hour just on that alone. Uh, Lasers, interestingly enough, not all lasers are the same by any stretch of the imagination. Just because it's called a laser, it doesn't mean... See, lasers emit a columnized light Mm -hmm. to create an energy source. It has different wavelengths based on the material which helps create the actual laser beam itself. For example, carbon dioxide has a laser emission that is only absorbed by water molecules and therefore is good for soft tissue, can't hurt or damage any bone structure or anything metallic, doesn't even heat the metal, it reflects off it. Hmm. Uh, You have other lasers, which are, let's say, an erbium chromium laser, which can be used to cut both hard and soft tissues. Uh, Some some lasers are ND-YAG, for example, will actually cut tooth structure and preparations can be made directly into the tooth structures rather than using a rotary burr. Oh, okay. Okay, So so there's a lot of different things that can be used for. So you're using lasers in your daily practice then? All the time. All the time. Because what it helps doing, not only does it, what we we have a term we use called ablate, what it means just to erase it, just get rid of the soft tissue. Mm -hmm. So in some cases where we have diseased tissues, we can ablate using a laser. We ablate that tissue, get rid of it, completely destroy that diseased tissue, and at the same time, sterilize that area. So you can only imagine the potential benefits of, of having that type of technology cleaning up an area of diseased tissue when you're going to put implants in there. All right, here's a dumb question from a guy who spent too many hours in the dental chair, and I hate the sound of the drill. It just drives me right, right through the bloody roof. So does a laser make the same noise as the drill, or is it quieter? Uh, <laughs> different drills, different noises. The laser has kind of a click, 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 click sound to it. Oh, that's not bad. No, no. It, no so it's, it's, it's that, not nearly as offensive that as that. I know, I know, I know. I, know. <laughs> I just got the hair, the hair on the back of my neck just so it's straight up. <laughs> but laser... Lasers are just one example of the kinds of new twists to technology that dentistry has embraced enthusiastically. Dr. Ritter, you've been around the world talking to people about technological innovation in your, in your field of, of work. It's pretty exciting, frankly. It's very exciting. One, one thing that comes to mind as we talk about this is um, something that's changing so fast and so effective in what we do when it comes to more cosmetic aesthetic sort of work okay. or uh, smile design. So we're able to virt- use this digital technology to virtually plan a smile based on either photographs or what we're using now are 3D facial scans. So we can actually scan your face in three dimensions and use that to virtually plan a smile transformation before we even before we even really do anything at all. No burr, no handpiece, no laser yet. And we kind of know where we're heading before we even get started. And the patient, Dr. Ron, must be thrilled by that prospect as well because he or she can see in advance 
what it's going to turn out like. <laughs> Not only them, but the doctor can as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of handy. Oh, sure it but is. No, as, and, and, but patients are, I mean, you know this, you're the, you're the pros here. Patients are insatiably curious. They like to ask a lot of questions, which is difficult in dentistry because you're trying to work yeah. as they're trying yeah. to talk to you. But nonetheless, it's fascinating. And do patients sort of get on board once they realize that all of this new technology is available to them and, and they can become involved and, and really sort of jump a few paces ahead of where they expected to be within minutes? It's an amazing communication tool because to me it's the by far the most effective way of communicating to a patient what it is that we're planning to do, what we expect, what we expect the results to be, and how we're going to get there. So it just plays a huge role in that treatment planning phase that we talked about and explained how important it is. It has a huge role in making that um, easy to understand for a lot of people and easy to visualize because like you said it's hard to visualize a lot of the dental stuff we do sure yeah uh, at this point i should also probably remind our listeners that if you'd like to join the conversation you are perfectly invited to do so at 604-280-9898 again 604-280-9898 to dr ron zokel and dr faraj edder from bc perio dental health and implant centers cosmetic dentistry dr edder you mentioned it just a few moments ago uh, do most people when they come to BC Perio, is it a cosmetic thing uh, uh, or, or is it a, a, a deteriorating condition that uh, necessitates urgent dental work? It's a combination. Some people come in specifically for the cosmetic aspect of things, mm -hmm. but cosmetic dentistry, in, in, in my opinion, and I think this is a shared philosophy we have at BC Perio, cosmetic dentistry isn't a standalone aspect of dentistry. So if we're restoring function, if we're restoring health, uh, we're always taking into account aesthetics and cosmetics because in the end, in addition to being able to chew and eat the food that you'd like to eat, in addition to having good oral health, we want people to be very happy and proud of their smiles. Sure. We want them to, to, to be happy with what they see every single day in the mirror. Okay, and you talked about smile design. I don't think I've heard that expression before. And, of course, it's, it's something you do on a daily basis. But then I guess this is part of the consultation process too, right? It plays a role in the consultation, and there are different aspects to this smile design. It's, it, it plays a role in what we talked about when it comes to cosmetic dentistry. Um, a lot of people have heard of the term Hollywood smile. Sure. Right? And a misconception about that is that everyone's smile should look the same, just bright white square shaped teeth and um that's not necessarily the most cosmetic it's not necessarily the most beautiful smile to have because depending on your face depending on your personality sometimes depending on your age depending on a whole bunch of different factors mm -hmm. we personalize the smile to give each person a unique smile that fits all those different factors that are personal and individual to that to that, to that person. Yeah, it's interesting, Dr. Ron, because you talk about the Hollywood smile, which is, you know, it's lovely, except that on some people, it's incredibly unnatural. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, you and, you and, get those super white teeth, and, and I mean, it's, wait a second now, that's, that's a little beyond where you need to go. And it's obviously unnatural, and of course, it draws attention, and it draws, whenever you draw your attention to the teeth themselves, it often detracts from the listening ability to what the patient has to say when they're talking to somebody else, if they're focused on something other than the topic of conversation. And, and I think when you have something that looks phony, then you run that risk. And uh, I, I can never, I, I can't stop but think back to my father. My father's a prosthodontist. I have to spend 20 years in practice but with him. About 35 years ago, I, he had me rebuild his mouth. 
And when we're coming into designing the aesthetics of his teeth, he wanted what he considered to be age-appropriate cosmetics. Okay. And he wanted, a, a, he wanted a brown vertical line down his front tooth to make it look like it had partial fracture oh, for in the sake. place, just so that it didn't look unnatural. Right. And, 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 and I, I looked at him, I go, you know, I'm thinking, are you... You're, you're my father. You can't be crazy. But, <laughs> but this the, is close. The, the thought crossed my mind. <laughs> but we did that. It looked actually very, very good for him. But he wanted it what we call age appropriate, rather than just natural or Hollywoodish. Right. And and Dr. Redder, part of what you do in the consultation process, if someone comes to you and says, I, I want to look like, you know, so-and-so on TV, uh, you, you have to be able to say, good for you, except, you know, that may be just a tone or two a little bright for where you are in, in life right now. And, and you got to be frank with people about that. So it's just, ultimately, yeah. it's their decision, but you have to provide the right advice. We give the advice, and I think the point that Dr. Zolko mentioned is very important because... It, in the end, it's what the patient's expectations are sure. and what it is that they're hoping to achieve out of this treatment, if it's, if it's a cosmetic thing or, or otherwise. And that's what we do spend a lot of time on during our consultations, really understanding what it is that the patient is hoping to achieve out of this and not necessarily what we think the patient should achieve out of this. But you're also correct to say that it's important for us to give our input sure. as to what we think would be age appropriate, for example, as to what we think based on our experience would look best. And that's where things like virtual smile design and all this digital technology helps because you can kind of see things before you're necessarily committed to them. Exactly. Interesting stuff. Now, we talked about economics a few minutes ago, Dr. Ron, and uh, uh, the costs relating to implants versus uh, dentures and all the rest of that. How much does that first consultation cost? I mean, we can be upfront, and, and let's not uh, pull any punches here. If you want to sit down with one of you two or one of your colleagues at BC Perio, how much is that going to set me back? How does nothing sound? Sounds fantastic. That's what it is. <laughs> is that right? That's what we do. Because I'm sitting here looking at the website, and there's a big bright red button on the front page, book your consultation today, and or if you can call one of the phone numbers, et cetera. So that, that initial consultation is no charge. Now, our philosophy is no boundaries. In other words, our goal for the first visit is to understand what your health and level of concerns are, needs are, where your priorities lie, mm -hmm. what solutions are available for you. So we don't make any charges to make sure all the information is out in front and all the information we can possibly get. So the CT scan, for example, we don't charge for it. But it gives us the opportunity to understand what's happening, to listen to the patient's priorities, and to determine what's best for the patient in consideration of their priorities. Then after that, it's their choice as to whether they choose to book and schedule treatment or go somewhere else. Interesting stuff. Uh, back to the cosmetic dentistry uh, for a few minutes, Dr. Redder. Uh, most of what you do, I'm, I'm assuming, is implant-related. But do some people opt for a bridge of some kind, a, a prosthetic device rather than an implant if they're missing one, possibly two teeth, and they don't want to go the implant route? Is that still fairly common? That is another option. It's not as common as the implant option because there are obvious advantages to an implant option in certain cases. In other cases, however, it does make sense um, to have a bridge. And that's something we go into 
details in during consultations as to what the risks and benefits of those different options are. And based on that, we can come to a decision as to the best way moving forward. And I would assume then, uh, back to economics, as part of the consultation process, here's option B, and it's going to cost you this much, and here's option B, or A, et cetera, et cetera. You, do, uh, you cost things out. So again, no surprises. Uh, everyone has a clear understanding of what lies ahead. During all our consultations, we'll provide the patient with estimates of all the options that they're interested in. Okay. And those estimates will include a cost estimate to the different options, a time frame as to how we how, how long we expect things to take, a sequence of appointments, and all the details are there. And if there is or can be some connection to some kind of dental program, Dr. Ron, they'll be made aware of that at that time. Oh, absolutely. And our, our people at our front desk are very well trained, very knowledgeable about various options that are available to help patients pay for solutions that are being recommended. Right. And, and uh, again, uh, just to reiterate, it, uh, it, this is not something you need uh, your family dentist referral for. Although uh, you may enjoy a very productive relationship with your family dentist, uh, some people would, would balk at the idea of offending Dr. So-and-so back uh, at home uh, by, going, uh, by requesting to see someone else. Some people, uh, they, they don't want to do that. So uh, you don't have to. If you want to see the pros at BC Perio, pick up the phone or go to the website, bcperio.ca. Perio, by the way, friends, is P-E-R-I-O. So it's bcperio.ca. And either click on the book, your consultation. The phone numbers for the Coquitlam and Vancouver offices are also uh, on the masthead of the website. So lots of opportunity to get in and have, it, have that consultation. And if you've been putting it off and putting it off, and a lot of us do, we're great procrastinators. Uh, perhaps the time has come at least to get a, a full, clear picture of what if, what if I want to go do this? I've been dying to get it done for years or months or whatever. Okay, if I'm going to take the plunge, what does it entail? And Dr. Ron, that all gets mapped out in that original consultation. That's exactly right. And there's no reason not to do it since it's not going to cost you anything. Yeah, interesting stuff. Thanks very much, fellas. It's great to see you again, as always. And uh, I'll, let me just repeat that the, the offices for BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers, you find Dr. Ron Zokel all the time at 777 West Broadway, Dr. Faraj Eder occasionally at Broadway, and also at 1175 Johnson Street at least once a week in Coquitlam. A good see you both. Thanks for coming by. Thank Great you, Sterling. Thank you, Sterling. My pleasure. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to Drs. Ron Zokel and Faraj Eder from BC Perio Dental Health and Implant Centers for another informative visit. Next week, we welcome back Sherry McMillan with lots more valuable information on estate planning. And we'll get a fresh Vancouver Market real estate update from John Carlson at 1% Realty. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer Ben Dooley has some holiday savings tips. Thanks, Sterling. According to the Retail Council of Canada, the average person intends to spend $675 during the upcoming holiday season, about the same amount as 2017. It also states that one in three people typically overspend. Nancy Jackson, a credit counselor in Peterborough, Ontario, said it is easy to get it carried away this time of year. If you do have to put anything on credit, you need to anticipate what will those payments be and how long do we want those payments to drag into the new year. 
there's always one more thing and it can run right up till Christmas Eve. One of the biggest expenses, according to the council, is alcohol, along with food and sweets for holiday entertaining. Jackson said the issue with those kind of expenses is that we often don't include them in our budget. We only save the receipts for the gifts in case things have to go back or be returned. We don't save all the receipts for the extra, for the turkey, for the extra travel that we do, for alcohol, for New Year's Eve entertaining. Maybe we need to look closer at the extras. Jackson suggests planning ahead by saving all of your receipts during the holidays, finding the total, and then saving a portion of that number each month leading up to December. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. BC Lotteries gave the official green light for a new casino in Delta this week. This will be on the location of the Old Town and Country Inn at the south end of the Massey Tunnel. This one will be called the Cascades Casino Delta, and it'll be operated by Gateway Casinos. The new gambling palace will contain 500 slot machines, 24 table games, and up to six electronic table games, along with a hotel, restaurant, and meeting spaces. This, in part, replaces the old Newton Community Gaming Center, which closed permanently earlier this year. The city of Richmond had raised some objections to location, but after review, it was decided to go ahead. Construction begins early next year. The casino scheduled to open by mid-2020. The weather forecast for this weekend will look. It's clear skies, a little cooler though, and local astronomers are thrilled because the Leonid meteor shower is scheduled to peak overnight Tonight, the Earth is passing through debris left behind by the comet Temple Tuttle, and those shooting stars or fireballs we'll see are actually tiny bits of space rock which can be traced back to the constellation Leo, thus the name of the shower, which can produce over a dozen meteorites per hour, making for quite the dazzling display. Optimum viewing, oh, anytime after midnight, so bundle up, step outside, and find a dark corner, and look up should be quite a show. And finally, the word for the year 20. 18, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is toxic. From the Me Too movement to workplaces to relationships to pollution to politics, I think we all understand the Oxford choice of toxic, which, by the way, the dictionary describes as poisonous. Too bad, but true. And that's Vancouver Consumer for this week, produced by Ben Dooley with Andrew Ferreira at the controls. We appreciate your feedback, and if you have any thoughts or suggestions, send them along to sterling at cknw.com or tweet us at vanconsumer. I'm Sterling Fox. Join us again next Saturday at 2 for another edition of Vancouver Consumer, right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.